listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. And it's time for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you just heard right there from 1997, reissued today in 2019 via Hound God Records, the Candy Snatchers with... No time to waste. Thank you, Hound God Records. And thank you, Ilka from Fly PR for sending me that record. Right now, we're going to hear a bit more of some Hound God 1997 plus 21 years later, 2019 releases. We're going to hear some Todd and the Rank Outsiders with Any Other Way. And on this episode of the Nerd War, the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Maggie Rogers. Maggie Rogers, today on the Nerd War, the Human Serviette Radio Show. So right now, courtesy Hound God Records, we're going to hear Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders doing any other way. And Pat Todd says of this recording, any other way. Since the first time I heard the William Bell song, Don't Miss Your Water, I had to find out about him, his music, and his life. I've been a fan since. So we're going to hear Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders doing Any Other Way. And then we're going to hear a live version of Any Other Way by, rest in peace, Jackie Shane. Recorded live in 1967 at the Sapphire Club in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Plus, we're also going to hear a little bit of You Are My Sunshine by Jackie Shane. But right now, here are Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders with Any Other Way. And then a version, a same version of that old classic song by Jackie Shane, done in 1967 live at the Sapphire Club in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Hound God Records! Watch 
to say that you're my friend I know why you're here She wants to know how I feel Tell her that I'm happy Be sure and tell her this Tell her that I'm gay chicken but when you see my baby here is what you say Somebody said these words. Love can bring happiness. And love can bring sorrow. Talking to you girls. If you're square, that means hold on to your man, baby. 
<laughs> Lord have mercy. Makes no difference what shape he's in. Makes no difference what your best friend, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother say about him. If he loves you, you know you love him, baby. Get a good grip on him because you're going to need him. In the midnight hour, you know, when you feel like you want to make whoopee or something, he's yours. You can do what you want to with him. You know, because if you think somebody else don't want your man, <laughs> just kick him out into the streets, baby. And listen to this. Your best friend that was talking about your man will have him and gone before you can count one, two, three. Believe it or not. You see, I'm a witness to this. You know what my woman told me one night? She said, Jackie, if you don't stop switching around here and playing the field, <laughs> listen, and bringing that chicken home, you're going to have to get to stepping. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. I grabbed my chicken by one hand, baby, and we've been stepping ever since that night. <laughs> you see, I couldn't let her dictate to me. I look better than she does all over. Then I know how to please a little better than she does, too. That helps. And you see, I won't have it no other way. My mother told me before I left home, she said, Jackie, don't worry about what people say about you. You look good because you take after mother. Damn daddy. Because you'll get paid for, for what daddy has to pay for. And mother didn't lie, honey. I'm getting it every day of my life, money. Diamonds on my finger, I can't get no more on there. And there's more at home that belong to me where these came from. You see, because I'm sweet. But you see, I laugh and joke, and I may smoke a little, but I don't play. You look at me sometimes, and you'll see I'm no toy. I like fun and games, but don't get carried away. Because if you crowd me, honey, you'll get something thrown on you that all Robertson won't be able to pray off. You know you'll be in bad shape. I live the life I love, and I love the life I live. I hope you'll do the same. You know, you're supposed to live. As long as you don't force your will and your way on others, forget them, baby. You don't need them. Because the mean things people say about you can't make you feel bad. Because Jackie can't miss a friend that I've never had. I won't have it, baby. And I sing sexy, too. That helps. No other way. No other way, baby. I won't have it no other way, babe. Long Jackie Shane would like to say thank you very kindly, ladies and gentlemen. Long Jackie would like to say really wouldn't have it any other way. You know, a little while back I had a dream. I dream the only woman that I've ever loved in this little life of mine is <laughs> gonna break my heart, pack up, and leave me. The woman has been so good to me. She's done so much for me to stimulate this little body of mine. I can't stand to leave her. You see, I know that there's somebody here tonight that knows what I'm talking about when you're losing your life. Oh, have mercy. So I'm begging you, please, go to this woman and talk to her. Don't let her take my sunshine away.
We'd like to say thanks for being such a wonderful audience. Little Jackie Shane, the Hitchhikers. Until tomorrow night, we'd like to say you have 12 minutes to the last call. So until then, we'd like to say, don't forget tomorrow night will be our last and final night for taping, ladies and gentlemen. So come on down tomorrow night and get those hands on that tape. We certainly appreciate it. So we'll see you tomorrow night. We'll be cutting the last session tomorrow night. So we want to thank you very kindly for being so wonderful. Here we go. And you're listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, live from 1967, Jackie Shane from the Sapphire Nightclub in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We heard You Are My Sunshine, and before that, Any Other Way, and before that, another version of Any Other Way by Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders. Right now, coming up, an interview with Maggie Rogers from Easton, Maryland. But right now, I'm going to play something from Portland, Oregon, 1990. The Avengers covered by the obituaries. The obituaries from 1990 doing We Are The Ones. And I'm going to follow it up by Get Ready, Get Prepared for... Richard Loney, yes, the Vancouver Canucks famous. I know him from the Canucks. He also did BC Lions and many other sports enterprises in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. But Richard Loney, an LP from Richard Loney, we are going to hear Now is the Time from Richard Loney. But right now, here are the obituaries on CITR. FM 102, K102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
listen to the silence of the mountain See again the wonder of the sky Feel with me and know before you turn to go God's love in this world you can't deny Now is the time to wonder Why he gave his life for me that day Now is the time we can't delay Now Don't turn away High on a hill called Calvary Wherefore was the reason or the rhyme The pain he had to bear Is yours and mine to share The answer is clear his life for mine And you're still listening, I hope, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there Richard Lonely, Lonely, who usually did the anthems at the Canucks games for many years. But that was actually an original recording of his from 1981 with Now Is The Time, Richard Loney. And before that, from Portland, Oregon, 1990, The Obituaries, a cover of The Avengers, We Are The Ones. Speaking of a long time ago, right now, here is Harpo Marx 
Yes, Harpo Marx. He plays jokes and plays the harp. From 1964, his album, from 1964, him doing Guardian Angel. And then an interview with Maggie Rogers from Easton, Maryland. So right now, here are the ensemble known as the Marx Brothers whittled down to just one. Harpo Marx from 1964 with Guardian Angel on the Narboir to Human Serviette Radio Show. My name's Maggie, and I'm a musician, and yeah, I make music. Maggie Rogers, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Right off the bat, Maggie, I have a gift for you right here. It is a signed Bob Massey Janice Joplin proof. Whoa. That's that's crazy. Because you love the Joplin, don't you? Yeah, I think she's cool. That's Wow, that's really amazing. Thank you so much. And that's for you, Maggie Rogers. Wow, that's very generous. Thank you so much. So, Maggie Rogers, it all started at age three in a bathroom? I'm not totally sure if I know what you're talking about. With your sister. (laughs) What? How do you... Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'm just, like, overwhelmed. I don't know if I've, like, really talked about that in an interview before. We can move beyond the bathroom. No, talk about it. So basically, yeah, what happened was I remember, like, I was always, maybe not three, but, like, maybe four or five. My sister and I shared a bathroom, and I remember singing and hearing it for the first time, which is a weird thing to say because I feel like when you're singing, you 
you hear it always because it's outside of your body but i remember singing and being like oh that like sounds nice or like that's something i could do and then noticing that it was something that was like different from the rest of my family yeah that's crazy and now we are here by a washroom yeah it's very um very thematic will dawkins abby ward Whitney Sterling. <laughs> These <laughs> Lady Larkin. These are the names of people in my middle school. Um, and I played Lady Larkin in a middle school play of Once Upon a Mattress. I think I played Lady Larkin. I'm assuming if you, if that's the character you mentioned, that that was the character. The country school. Yes, that's where I went, in, in Easton, Maryland. Yeah. What was it like at the country school? The principal shook your hand every morning? <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, it was very, very... That's amazing. Very good manners. Yeah, and um, teaching people about m- morality. It's good good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about middle school. Middle school sucks for everyone, you know? It was awful. What about Sila? <laughs> um, so Sila was my kindergarten buddy when I was in the eighth grade. Um, there's not really a story. She's really lovely. I'm sure she's a full-grown adult now, but I haven't spoken to her since she was in kindergarten. And you were Maggie? And I was Maggie. Yep. Roger. I'm Maggie Rogers, yes. Now, tuning a friend's banjo, that led you to the banjo? <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, my friend Molly Belk, since we're using all my friends' names, Molly Belk had a banjo, and she lived across the hall from me in high school. And um, she had a banjo, and she asked me to tune it. And then I kept stealing it for more and more amounts of time. And then I became a banjo player. And I have another gift for you right here, Maggie Rogers. We have a Planets oh LP. My God. This is so cool. Now, this is important to you, isn't it? Oh, this is so important to me. So the planets... Uh, on vinyl. That's so insane. That's so cool. So the planets was one of my first CDs, and I used to just play it over and over and over again, and I was super obsessed with this idea that music could tell a story without words, and the planets does that, except it's based around the like Greek and Roman interpretations of what all of the planets mean. Wow, I don't know how you found this. That's amazing. Because you're Matthew Rogers. Wow, I know. I guess you found it because you're Nardwar, but this is some crazy Nardwar shit. Wow. This is, I'm so overwhelmed, honestly. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I didn't think you were going to be asking me about Whitney Sterling. The Eagle's Cabin. The boys in the Eagle's Cabin. What? <laughs> I, I'm... 12 years at camp, the Eagle's Cabin? <laughs> um, yep, when I was <laughs> 14, I went to summer camp, and my my camp was all girls, and we were pen pals with the boys' cabin of our age group at the, like, boys' camp. Sorry, I can't even, like, talk anymore. And <laughs> um, the camp, sorry, the cabin's name was the Eagle's. And I think I was in a cabin called White Mountain. It's camp stuff. I love camp. Yeah, I went to camp for 12 years. I'm a camp girl. And you sailed against Holden from the Dell Water Gap? <laughs> yeah, I was in... Can you explain that? I 
went to college and when I got there I met someone that looked super familiar and we started a band and turns out that I knew him from summer camp yeah and then I was in the band for like a year and then I just kept making solo music and he still makes a ton of music it's really great and you recognize him from summer camp sailing races yeah we used to sail against each other it's crazy from knowing what his boat looked like well, I knew what his face looked like from the sailing. And you are Maggie. <laughs> Maggie Rogers. Maggie Rogers. And Maggie, you. Maggie Rogers. Maggie Rogers. Nardwar. And you also got an accordion for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was um, uh, 17 or 18, I really wanted an accordion. And I got one for Christmas. And I learned how to play it. But I don't know how to play it anymore. Well, I have something, a gift for you, to relive your experiences oh with an accordion. Canada's polka king, Gabby Haas. <laughs> Thank you. I, I um, look forward to exploring Mr. Haas's work. Was it that type of accordion? No, it was a squeeze box, which is a smaller instrument most frequently used in the Irish music tradition. You know your instruments, don't you? I am a big nerd, yeah. What was the instrument that your parents gave you from Peru? <laughs> I, I'm just... Um, my parents gave me a charango, which is a eight-stringed, like, it's like a big ukulele. Um, and it uh, makes a very pretty sound. Now, at country school, you played drums with Sharif? I did. Yeah, Sharif Abdel Gawad. I don't know if he still plays drums, but he's a really lovely dude. What were you playing at that time? I was playing drums. So do you still play drums? Um, I play drums when I have to for demos, like when I'm making music. But That's pretty cool. You laid everything down? I depends on which record i like on this record there's a lot of programmed drums like i don't think there's actually if there's any live drums there's one hits or samples and then but i have other records and sometimes in demos so Do you have a machine a drum machine um no i program a lot of it through like ableton or logic or pro tools just like a sample bank the night cat and the coffee cat <laughs> so the night cat is where i made my first, I like played my first show. It's a little coffee place in Eastern Maryland that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, yeah, I played banjo, expectedly. The night cat and a coffee cat. I love that. Right, yeah. They're next door to each other. Maggie Rogers, speaking of Easton, the Avalon Theater, the Troika Art Gallery. Um, I don't know what the story I'm supposed to tell is for this one. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm just curious. The Avalon, yeah, dis uh, uh, yeah discipline. <laughs> Like I'm not uh, have you, uh, should I say, have you played? My part of it. Like, it, in Easton. No, I've never played the Troika Theater. No, I've never played the Avalon. I almost... Like, what is the place to play in Easton? The place to play in Easton, Maryland is probably the Avalon Theater, but I haven't been... I haven't played a show in Easton um, since I was probably 17 or 18. Oh, no, Delwater Gap played a show when I was 19. And that was the last show I played in Easton. Like, were you playing in a punk band back then? Were you playing bass in a punk band? I, I, in college, sometimes, 
Yeah. But did you ever go to gigs? What was your first gig that you saw in Easton? Oh, I didn't see any punk music in Easton. There wasn't any music happening in Easton when I was there. Maybe there was, and I wasn't hip to it. But I mostly spent time going to see indie bands in, like, D.C. So I'd see, like, like the first concert I remember buying tickets to was Death Cab for Cutie in 2008. What about Spin Groove Records? I know that is in Easton. Were, were there any record stores in Easton yeah. growing up? I, well, I, well, I guess the biggest thing is that the, the place I'm from doesn't have an incredibly large music scene and I don't come from a musical family so I wasn't like super into music in middle school but your parents did give you cool instruments though later on because I started asking for them but my family you were smart yeah well I just like wanted to I think at that point I was producing my own music and just wanted like access to as many different sounds as possible because I'm not sure I understood like MIDI and that I could like create those sounds with the keyboard I thought I just needed to record all of them well, speaking of Easton and your parents, are you homesick, Maggie? Oh, um, yeah, I am kind of homesick. I've been on the road for a really long time. And here's something to bring you back home right here, a gift for you, Maggie, oh, some Old Bay. That's amazing. Thank you. Uh, what can you say about Old Bay? Old Bay is the number one thing to give any Maryland girl. Um, it is a seasoning that goes on crabs, uh, preferably Maryland blue crabs. And um, which is a favorite springtime summer treat. My birthday's in about 10 days, and I'm going to be right around Maryland, and I think I'm going to have a little crab feast. So I'll bring this because it's not complete without it. What about eating in Easton, like Easton Diner? What are some of the places? I, I wish I knew that I was going to be giving you like a cultural tour of Easton, Maryland. The tourism board is going to be fucking thrilled. Um, like the Victory Garden, a barbecue joint. What happens in Easton, food-wise? I don't really know what happens in Easton because it's been changing a lot. So a lot of the restaurants I grew up eating at uh, don't exist anymore, which is crazy. Um, there's one place I used to really love getting, that does exist, that I used to really love getting grilled cheese and chocolate milkshake after school, which is called Hills Pharmacy. Um, there's a lot of great restaurants in St. Michael's in Oxford for anyone who is coming to Easton, Maryland. <laughs> Please don't visit my house because that's intruding. <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> Did your dad ever buy you a van? Did he ever buy you a van? My dad has never bought me a van. A touring van? No, he's never bought me a van. Because he was involved in selling vans and vehicles, yeah. right? Yeah, my dad sold cars. Oh, um, he got you a deal. No, yeah, well, I think that's the thing is you mostly, I was only in a van for one tour, which is about 10 tour dates, and we rented it, and um, and then I was in a bus, and I still rent the bus, but I don't know if I want to own a bus. Is it hard to explain to your parents, and especially your parents' friends, what you do? My parents get it, and they're incredibly supportive, and they have seen my life and get it. My parents' friends definitely maybe get it now there was a while where like my parents friends I was in like vogue and my parents friends were still like you making enough money to eat and it's just like yeah I'm fine like it's cool I think now that I've been on SNL they have started to get it more but um but they're also my parents friends are also incredibly supportive what about your dad's friend buying all the merch at one of your gigs? God. 
cannot possibly understand. Like, did you hack my email? Like, what the fuck? Well, you were Maggie Rogers. We have to know. I know, but yeah, at my very first show, not as like, not my very first show, like post the viral video stuff. My very first show for the EP, I guess I should say, because I have two other records. Um, my very first show for the EP was in Baltimore, and my dad's friend came up. My best friend from college. Sorry, I'm not telling the story very well. My best friend from college, Taylor, was selling merch for us, and it was her very first night selling merch, and my dad's friend wanted to buy all of our T-shirts. And so she immediately called the tour manager and was like, help, like, it's day one. Like, I don't know what to do. Someone wants to buy the T-shirts. And um, we told him that he could not do that because we needed some T-shirts to go to Charlottesville. Maggie Rogers, you got little Yachty on stage, and then you grabbed his phone? I did, yeah. What happened? Well, Yachty came to, he's a very dear friend of mine, and I think he's brilliant, and I really care deeply about him. And he came to my Atlanta show, and he's always been super supportive and comes to my shows. Um, since Music Hall of Williamsburg, he came to like some of the very first New York shows. And in the middle of Light On, Yachty decided to come dance. So he walked on. And I told him, I was like, my stage, your stage, whatever you're feeling. Like, you know, you're always welcome here. And so he came and danced with me during Light On, which was awesome. And then he stayed on the stage, which is maybe something that happens in hip hop, but doesn't really happen in like the indie world so much or like alternative music. Um, So I didn't really know what to do. But I was like, you know. I told him he was welcome, and he was welcome. He could, was fine to chill. Even though I then, like, was playing a very... I was playing Past Life, which is, like, sort of a slower, intensely emotional song. We would, it wasn't, like, a party moment. Um, and then the next song was Overnight, and I looked back in the middle of the song, and he was on his phone. And I was like, dog, like, you can come to my show, but, like, be here. So I took his phone away. You're very hands-on with that. Like, you sometimes see photographers blocking fans, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I I think phones are a really incredible tool and should be used as such, but I also think, you know, it's important to capture an experience and share an experience if it's something that inspires you, but I also think it's really important to make sure that you're protecting the time you have to soak something in that doesn't involve a phone. What about fans blocking fans? What do you think about that, Maggie Rogers? Fans block. I don't know if I've ever like looked in the audience and see one fan being blocked by another fan. I I I think I've been really overwhelmed at concerts, mostly by the fact of like how nice everyone is to each other. Like people tend to. I don't know. I'm not in the crowd, so I obviously don't know exactly what it's like. But I always hear about people like making friends in my shows, and like I don't think there's a lot of like aggression. But like. I don't know. I'm 5'2". I've definitely been, like, blocked at a show by someone that's tall. But, like, that's not their fault. It's f- or my fault, for, you know. Maggie Rogers, what do you think about the words bones and rust? Bones and rust. <laughs> um, they're good. They're, they, they use all the parts of your mouth. And they have a lot of color. Which I think they're great words. What have you learned, Maggie Rogers, from wearing costumes on stage? I've learned that sometimes costumes were a way for me to hide when I felt vulnerable or a way, not maybe not to hide, but to like become something bigger than myself. 
the costumes were something I leaned on when I was feeling kind of overwhelmed and vulnerable on stage. And now I've been wearing stuff on stage that's a whole lot closer to what I wear normally, trying to sort of find the beauty and just like being where I am on that day. Did you clean the costumes every time you used them? No. I frequently did not clean the costumes. Could people tell? I don't think so, which is, I don't know, it's crazy. It never felt crazy at the time because everything else was crazy. You know, there's so much going on. But now as I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, it's really gross. Micah Rogers, I have another gift for you right here. A 1957 Harpo Marx harp record. Because <laughs> not only did he tell jokes, he also played the... Harp. Harp. And you love the harp, don't you? I, yeah. Oh, my funny Valentine's on it. That's great. Um, that's crazy. I didn't know that Harpo Marx played harp. And now you can learn all these songs and bring the harp out. I don't have a harp currently. So the harp was my first instrument, as you definitely already know. Um, when I was probably six or seven, I started begging my parents for lessons. And then I played in orchestras until I was 18. And, um, but I haven't played harp since because they're really hard to find. So it's been yeah, like seven years. So I don't know how great of a harpist I am these days. But it would bring down the house if you played that, right? So? I don't know. I feel like maybe like Joanna Newsom's guy. And told jokes. Like Harpo told jokes and played harp. But that would bring down the house. But I don't know. Maybe that's something you should try because I feel like I, like Harpo's got that well, well done, you know? Would you would you consider pl playing harp and telling jokes? It's too hard to play the harp, isn't it? It's it's it too hard. harp. It's too harp. Babu. <laughs> it is hard to play the harp. <laughs> and that's for you, Mikey Rogers, a 1957 original Harpo Marx harp record. That's very very generous. Thank you. And you also cried at Capitol Studios, the vault. <laughs> Yes, I I don't know why I'm like surprised anymore that you know all this stuff, but one of the few places I have cried by just walking into a room because I've uh, the because I cry I guess I cry a lot, but it's usually not the room that moves me. One was when I walked into SNL, and the other was when I walked into the tape vault at Capitol Studios because they have all these original like Miles Davis bitches brew. They've got Pet Sounds. It's just like it's so cool to just know that the tape was it's like a conductor is the thing in the room when this creative lightning moved through people it's really special how did capital records react to you crying um i think people i don't know i think they get enough like emotional artists freaking out in the tape room enough you know i think the people that work in the tape room are like music nerds but actually i think capital was trying to sign me at the time so they probably like took it as a good as a good sign. Yeah. And who do you have in the room right now, Maggie? Who's there? Renny. Ren is here. Ren Evans. I my trusty friend who is on the store and she um she takes really beautiful photos and takes video as well and um she kills it. And we also have in the room? We also have in the room Mike Kaidel, who is my tour manager and he has been my tour manager since the very first day I was on tour. <laughs> and we also have Liz from Universal helping you out. We have Liz from Universal. Props out to Universal. We met about five minutes before this, and she very generously was like, just want to make sure you know what you're in for. 
Hardware to human serviette? <laughs> yeah. Don't know if you're expecting a human serviette, but the original is going to be in the room. Winding up here, Maggie Rogers, have you ever told St. Vincent that she stared at you? Oh, my God. Um, no, I have not told her that. She stared at you? Yeah, it's one of the... It's crazy. Um, it's one of the most memorable moments in music that I've ever had, which is I was 18. I was a Mumford & Sons stopover tour in Portland, Maine, and St. Vincent was playing on her second record i think and she started playing the song cheerleader and i was in like the second row and she made eye contact with me and like noticed that i knew all the words and she just like locked with me and i thought that it would last for a little while and she made eye contact with me for the entire song and i just remember being like this is crazy she she could have like told me to jump off a cliff and i like would have done it um but yeah, I've never told her. But I actually think about it a lot on stage now because there's certain points in different songs where if I catch an eye of a fan, I'll hold it for a verse or a pre-chorus and just sort of like have that moment with them. Maggie, you are a great dancer. Thank you. But usually you put down your guitar. Who are some great dancers that dance with their guitar? I was curious. Oh, that is... A good question. Like, who inspires you, dancing-wise? Who keeps a guitar on? Oh. And could you keep a guitar on? And dance. Maybe, like, David Byrne, I say, could be a good guitar dancer. I don't... Maybe Prince, good guitar dancer. How come you don't do it? I don't know if I have written... So the issue is not the guitar dancing. It's the guitar dancing singing. Because your hands are occupied, so you become stationary. Um, but... Maybe I'll graduate to a headpiece, and then I'll be able to uh, keep challenging myself. Anything you want to add to the people out there at all, Mikey Rogers? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think we've covered covered a lot, but um, it's uh, yeah. I hope I've represented Easton Maryland in that in truthful light, and um, yeah, here we are. Why should people care about Maggie Rogers? Why should people care? I don't think I've ever asked people to care. And I think that's part of it is like music is something that I make because I feel like I have to. It's just like the way that I express myself. And it, if it resonates with other people, that's great. And if it doesn't, like, that's cool too. There's a lot of music. Well, thanks very much, Maggie Rogers. Keep on rocking in the free world and do, do, loot, do, do, do.
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from 1957, Gabi Haas with Edmonton Polka. And before that, an interview with Easton, Maryland's Maggie Rogers. And way before that, some Harpo Marks playing the harp from 1964 with Guardian Angel. Right now, to end the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, I want to end with a couple things, the first of which is an album that was sent to me by Divided Heaven. Nardwar, as an East Coast kid who grew up obsessed with DBS from North Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and all things musical, enclosed is our record. It is an honor to send it to you. We hope you enjoy. Sincerely, Jeff. So we're going to hear some Divided Heaven. We're going to hear the track Cold War. And right after that, we're going to hear as much as we can of the Hobo Divine radio show. Thank you, Hobo Divine, who passed this record to me through Beat Street Records in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I went to Beat Street and Ivy from Beat Street said, hey, I got a record for you. And it was Hobo's record. Thank you, Hobo. So we're going to hear Hobo Divine's radio show. It's called Hobo Divine Radio Show. Number three, The Quick Mix. We're going to hear as much of it as we can. So right now, here is Divided Heaven with Cold War and then the Hobo Divine radio show on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
Landmines blew our tires. Crocker, turn on the automatic tire repair device. Radio Obo. What? Well, what's up? 
You've well, got to be kidding. Well, do you see who it is? Just like is what I give him. Not saying it's right or wrong. Just like is what I give him. Not saying it's right or wrong. Just like is what I give him. Not saying.
listen Do you wanna know a secret? Dandruff Do you promise not to tell? Promise not to tell Dandruff Oh, oh closer Goodness gracious Let me whisper in your ear Say the words you long to hear I'm in love with you Look at that Listen Can you keep a secret? Did you? Can you keep it in your mind? Dead. Can you keep a secret? Can you keep it in your mind as I would say? And don't you love? Can you keep a secret? Did you? Can you keep it in your mind? Promise not to tell. Can you keep a secret? Sometimes people who should worry about dandruff don't. times I came that close to uh, throwing out my jacket. Somehow at the last minute, couldn't let go of my colors. Oh, seems to me you let go the day you took off. Do you remember getting any dues? Not even a postcard. High school graduate. You figure he'd at least write. Nah, brother, man, don't you see like he's doing his uh, Latino number on them cross down chicks, you know, perfecting his jab talk. Yo, let me ask you something, bro. Hey, check this out. Uh, what's the scoop on you as steel? I knew you'd be glad to see me. But I never dreamed you'd roll out a red carpet like this. Hey, bro, you split. That's the way you wanted, okay? It's a free country. 
Only don't expect the block party now that you've come back. We could have split two. Yeah, you look around, you'll see the reasons why. Mainliners, pushers, hookers, peddlers. Come on, you got representation. Hey, man, we got a councilman. When he ain't padding the payroll with his relatives, he's up to his armpit in the city's pocket. And that's our representation.
meet and greet Miss G Wiz, the Memphis Queen, and a lot of other beautiful towels. Please allow me to introduce myself. 